China rocket didn't hit us. Now I get to return the helmet that I bought. Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another fantastic week of Human Resource Talk Podcast, HR Talk Podcast. I'm JC, your co-host, ushering you into another fantastic week of Resources in Humanities, brought to you by the HR Talk Podcast in association Ah. with Baez Co-Learning. I'm JC, driving the ship here all the way up from sunny uh, New York by the border. Head down to the end of the road. You can see Canada, a place you cannot visit, and that is on complete lockdown. Stop by the internet to learn about socialism. And then over to Central Florida, the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Bias. A beautiful, beautiful day, man. It's Uh, a a decent day. No, it's beautiful. The rocket (laughs) missed us. We're happy. I was really terrified about it. I went and bought a helmet just in case. And I did my will, updated my will, and it didn't happen. Interesting thought. If the rocket was to hit Florida and it completely pulverized the state, I don't think I needed will anyway. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter. But it missed us, brother. It missed us, so I'm happy. Yeah, was, Happy rocket missing day. I was, uh, I was in the car last evening. I was listening to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie or the other guy. And at the end of it, there was a brief news clip that came on. And they said, the China rocket has re-entered the atmosphere. Upon that, there would only be six hours to evacuate areas. Now, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I heard about China rocket all week. It's supposed to specifically land in New York. This is what I've heard. And then it's going to land over the ocean. And then it's the entire eastern seaboard. And then it's from Nova Scotia down to Brazil. And then it lands in the Maldives on the other side of the earth, you know. So the propaganda train was heavily uh, running down the tracks this week, and it was in my head, man. You know, it was in my head. I couldn't get away from it. Here's what I've noticed, because uh, I was I frequent TikTok, and so do you. Yeah. And um, I've heard more about this rocket on TikTok, and everybody with their projections, with their calculations, and where this thing is going, why China sent it, why they think China didn't do the. I mean, why do you think China did this on purpose? And it hit me. I never knew how many rocket scientists we've had among us. <laughs> until, until TikTok. Started, until TikTok, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, why? It, it, it's, we have so many. And they were all wrong. <laughs> they were all wrong. Somebody said it was going to hit the eastern seaboard of North America, Central America, and South America. And if you look at that, that means the rocket would have to be really specific on where it's going to hit. It's like we have to hit the eastern seaboard uh, board of all these places. But, um, yeah, I saw a lot of people, well, among other things as well, that people think they're experts in TikTok. By the way, TikTok is not a good source of information, which uh, is going to be counterintuitive because well, I got a couple of videos from TikTok today. It's, it's- <laughs> It's not a good source. It's a great source. It is <laughs> Honestly, insane. you know, it speaking of rocket scientists and TikTok, it did give a voice to a lot of scientists out there. Uh, there's some people that are scientists down at the South Pole that are sharing views of the world from under the ice and some of the research that they're doing that you've never seen before. And then um, Parta, uh, Particle Clara. 
Particle Clara on TikTok. Uh, P-A-R-T-I-C-L-E-C-L-A-R-A, Particle Clara. She's actually a scientist that works at CERN. So how, you know, sometimes those things get around like, yes, uh, they they smashed a couple atoms together in 2012 and we're in a brand new world. She's like, yeah, no, that's that's dumb. And she explains <laughs> out like why exactly. I mean, I like finding the real scientists, but you're right. Yeah. There was some uh, armchair rocket scientists out there with wild predictions. Luckily, we we made it through. Back to you. Yeah. No, that was it. I was just really happy to uh, to uh, to to hear that. But then also on TikTok, you do find some interesting people like that one scientist who really gives us a a, a an inside scoop. Oh. I saw one for this army captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the CHRO of LinkedIn, the former CHRO oh. of LinkedIn. Do you have that up by chance? Yeah. I do, brother. Check this out. More true stories from corporate America. It's 2010. I'm the chief human resources officer for LinkedIn, and I get a phone call. We got an employee who's resigned on his first day. Like, why did he even come in if he's going to resign? So I want to talk to him and find out, like, what happened? What did we do wrong? What's going on? Is there something I should know? So sit him down, and he says basically that when he was interviewing with us, he was also interviewing at Facebook, and he liked the job at Facebook more, but they put that job on ice. And then the day before he's going to start, they called him and said, hey, the project's on. Are you interested? And he says, oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, we invested so much time and so much energy, and we thought this was a really good fit. But he had zero remorse. In fact, he said, yeah, I talked to my parents and my friends. I said, yeah, I should definitely take the job at Facebook. So I said, is it more money? Nope. Better benefits? Nope. Just the work? Yep. Wow. So I was thinking, wow, is that the canary in the coal mine? Is that where we've come to? Anyway, more true stories from corporate America. That is from Steve Cadigan. Uh, he is on TikTok, and uh, it's—I didn't look him up, but I'm assuming he's legit. He—he—he he, he is the chief HR officer for LinkedIn, and I found that one to be really, really fascinating because what he is talking about, JC, it is exactly what I am seeing out there. Right? You've got people who come in; they make a commitment to an organization, and when they come in. This organization, especially LinkedIn, it's going to roll out the red carpet for you. And when they roll out that red carpet for you, I mean, they do that for a reason. I talked in my webinar a couple of weeks ago that if you decide to hire somebody, that the trust is implied, right? Because then you have to work hard to earn their trust. Now, there's another, a flip side to that coin. <laughs> Why are you going to waste people's time with that? Why do you accept a job? If you're just going to leave afterwards, it, it, it's that one hit me because I see a lot of that. And he's 100 percent right in how he explained that is the canary in the coal mine as to what what kind of workforce we are starting to see out there, especially after this pandemic. Well, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, though, like maybe somebody came up, they, they got their diploma, their degree. They went to university. They're out there delivering pizzas for uh, $15.75 an hour, where now your pizza and wings cost you $50. True story. And then now, uh, yeah, yeah, cost of things are going up, man. I got pizza and, and chicken fingers the other day, and it cost me 50 bucks. It was crazy. I'm Deliver? dead serious. No, that's pickup, Rick. That's pickup. See, in New wow. York, in New York, they're paying that $15 prevailing wage. Okay. Ah, so we're already yeah. reaping the rewards of fifty dollar pizza and, and chicken finger nights. You know, we're we're reaping the rewards of four dollar a gallon of milk without the beautiful views of Hawaii. You know, <laughs> wow, 
wow, dude. Yeah. 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. Well, you kind of so people. So my point is, is that people have choice. So if you're out there making seventy two thousand dollars a year delivering pizzas, but in your heart, you went to college to be a programmer and now you have an opportunity to do that. Maybe you too want to transition to go be a computer programmer for sixty thousand, make less than delivering pizzas. It's plausible that people could be in that position. And that might be what he's seen. Yeah, I'll take the job with LinkedIn. But I really want to be at Facebook. And then, then boom, they jump ship. You know, it's fine. Well, I've got one more. I got one more. That's I mean, not nowadays. Today. Nobody wants anything to do with Facebook now. Facebook Facebook is is like old school retired. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we stay in touch with a lot of people there. It's very good for families. It's very big. It's one of the greatest things. It's very best, right? But the censorship has gotten crazy. And the spam and the hacking of your data and the continual snooping on everything. People are just sick of it, you know? From a consumer perspective, I definitely agree with you. I personally know three people who work at Facebook right now, and they could not be happier. Really? They could be happier. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Now, uh, they're doing something that it, it, it's I don't agree with, but hear me out. Um, they do everything in their power to keep you on campus. Free breakfast, free lunch, free dinner, free snacks. Wait a second. Free- keep you at their facility or keep you on staff no keep you in their facility right <laughs> so so yeah they do because they have all of these things that they keep you in there they don't have any set schedules depending on some positions right but uh, th- uh this guy that i know is a software engineer and no, actually he's something engineering um and then he doesn't have a set schedule he just goes in with his hoodie he goes in at two in the morning does his coding goes back home or or actually stays there because they have little hotel rooms where they can stay at. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. So we've been hearing nothing about housing crisis. We've been hearing nothing about a housing bubble. We've been hearing about homelessness. We've been hearing about all these things. Blend it all together. It's the perfect storm for your employer to create your residence to then give you employment and food. And you are beholden. Your entire life is beholden to the employer then. Technically, right? But he's making uh, just 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 north of two hundred thousand dollars a year. So oh my technically, gosh! House, right? right? <laughs> Not go anywhere and save all that money. I mean, he's relatively young. He's about ten years younger than me, but he's doing really good. He loves it, dude. He, oh, he there it is. He could take the money and buy some of the land that's going to be foregone within the Gates divorce when Bill and Melinda <laughs> and she's on the market. By the way, gentlemen, if you do listen to this program. Feel free to hit her up on Instagram. I know a lot of people have been reaching out with words of support. One guy even messaged her and said, hey, you up? (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) Ricky and I don't advocate that. um, But at the same time, if one of our dear friends does choose to do that, we support you in your endeavors towards happiness. Um, That's the best I could say. We need to send Dave the intern on a on assignment to see if he can get on on a date. With uh, Melinda Gates, but that would be might awesome. be too soon. Might be too no, soon. Why? Oh no! Strike when the iron's hot. I mean, come on, <laughs> do that now. I mean, she's going through a nasty divorce. I'm assuming, right? So why not send Dave over there to be the uh, shoulder to cry on? Sounds terrible. Hey, why don't you pull up some of those links that I sent your way real quick? There's one that directly relates to the employer stuff here uh, from KCBD11. 
uh, coming up in a little bit. You had something first, though. I cut you off there. Sorry. No, no, I, it's okay because I have one that 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 directly follows the uh, the LinkedIn. Oh, good, good. Let's hear it. Check this out. Tell me you're an employer without telling me you're an employer. I'll go first. Twelve confirmed interviews for today. Nobody showed up. That's the end of the clip, right? That's it. That's it. This is coding Saren for the week, (laughs) right? So this guy, this guy owns this business, and he's got all these interviews. And I guess I'm assuming he vetted them. He had a recruiter that that vetted them. Everything was scheduled. Nobody showed up. Oh, my God. This is is important, JC, because every recruiter listening right now, their ears are burning, and they're getting pissed because – they get ghosted on a weekly basis. And on a weekly basis, when I was the recruiting manager, we saw that as well. We knew that everybody we scheduled, 30% were not going to show up. And that is back then, I thought that was a big number. But now, with him, 100% didn't show up. How, how do you feel about the, how people draw that comparison? I'm, I'm just going to put this out there bluntly when we're thinking about from the recruiting perspective that comparison to recruiters and used car salesmen. Is that like a real world? <laughs> Uh, correlation there in a way no i mean i you guess had the, a lot of trepidation and hesitation in response there I take yourself out of the industry for a second well well i've seen recruiters that are shit hot and i've seen recruiters that do not need to be in recruiting right so i could understand how some people may have seen that side of recruiting that yeah that so that's why i'm thinking Maybe, but not all in all, man. It's most of the recruiters out there. They really want to bring the right person into the role as quickly as possible. But the, but but there's a balance, right? Because the hiring managers keep pushing them, get somebody in, get somebody in, and you can't just get somebody in willy nilly without vetting them uh, properly. Because they're being forced to do this really, really, really fast. They're given no time. The person comes in, and then the person leaves after a day, and then they're wondering what a crappy recruiter you are, right? Because they need that perfect balance. Yeah, it's the the entire market right now. The entire thing's crazy. How much of a carrot do you need to dangle? How long of a stick should you have to recruit the appropriate way? That's these uh, next couple clips that are coming up here right now. Uh, if you could, please roll that one about employers blame unemployment benefits as a Lubbock, Texas business struggles to fill their jobs. I told you about the struggle to get workers to show up in restaurants. Now we're finding just how widespread that problem is. KCBD News Channel 11's Brittany Michelson joins us live from South Lubbock with a look at the numbers. Brittany? Karen and Abner, just from a quick drive around town, we've seen several businesses with help wanted and now hiring signs doing everything they can to get workers in the door. Martin Aguirre with Workforce Solutions South Plains says this is a pressing issue. He says even some of his team members have went into restaurants that can't operate at full capacity because of staffing shortages. Now, the Texas Workforce Commission reports that for our area, employment in the leisure and hospitality industry has dropped 4% in the last year. That's the largest drop of all the other industries, closely followed behind education and health services. Uh, the number of people that are available in that in that sector are not sufficient to fill all those openings. The employers are 
looking everywhere they can, and we're looking for them and looking with them. Some restaurant owners we've talked to have blamed the staffing shortages on All right, all right. That, 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 that's fine. That's, a, money that's fine. On- Bro, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That last guy that was talking? Yeah. I, looks- I wanted to ask you real quick about that there. <laughs> he looks like the guy, the old guy from Up. Oh, and- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he retired. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you scoot it back just a just a scoot? She was getting into the uh, why they they think on unemployment benefits and stimulus money brought on by the pandemic. Now tonight at ten, we'll tell you what people must what the requirements people must meet to stay on those benefits and what Aguirre says restaurants should do if people say they're coming in for those interviews but aren't actually showing mm. up. Live in South Lubbock. Mm. All right. All right, big big kudos to the uh, young lady there from uh, South Lubbock. We do have some dear friends out in Lubbock. Fantastic area, very very uh, technologically astute area as well. Uh, when we're thinking about the IT world and some things that they do, so they're having a hard time hiring people and they're having a hard time recruiting people, and they blame it on the unemployment benefits and some of the stimulus money that's going around, and then also. Uh, they're specifically having a hard time with leisure and travel. Freaking shocking. We've been yeah. under a pandemic for over a year, and like people are still like, hey, do you want to go to a hotel? You could buy the package with the breakfast. And the next thing you know, the breakfast is a brown bag that you could walk down to the front desk and get with a day-old apple. I mean, it's it's not what you expect sometimes. I don't know. Ricky, what do you think about South Lubbock? I, I feel bad for that area because this story right here, the the lack of, of, of able bodies to actually work and them wanting to work is going to hurt tourism. Now, people, people might be asking, what, is, how does, what, what does one have to do with the other? Because um, I've seen a lot of reports out there with a lot of fast food restaurants, a lot of hospitality industry organizations that are hurting right now. And because they're hurting, they don't have the proper staff to run those businesses. Now the customers just started to feel that pinch. Earlier last year, early this year, I was in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and that's when I started seeing it like for myself. We could not go anywhere in town and find somewhere to go eat that didn't have anything less than a 90-minute wait. 90-minute wait. The highest I saw was four hours. And I'm like, who's going to wait for four hours? That's, be- that's how long it takes between breakfast and lunch, right? So it, it, it's, uh, they, it's going to be a huge issue. A few weeks ago, I was over at uh, Animal Kingdom, and I wanted to go get something outside of the uh, of the uh, resort. And then all over 192, which is uh, a lot of restaurants, cars out the door, and everywhere we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. Nobody wants. How to much? Work. How much does it cost to to obtain a new hire? What's the hourly wage in in Orlando there for uh, someone to work at one of those restaurants? Uh, it, it's it's relatively low, nine, ten, eleven bucks an hour, okay. depending Fair on enough. where you go. Nine, ten, eleven dollars an hour, but many times, depending on what industry you're in or the type of of restaurant it is, you may get a tip. You might get a tip. Well, if if you do get a tip and you're in a tip 
position that you don't get that regular 9, 10, 11 bucks an hour. You get the server wage or the tip wage, which is 2.13 an hour. And then everything else depends on how well you perform or how a-hole the customer is, right? It really depends. And then now when you think about like a pizza shop, now a pizza shop is a place where like I would have gone before and I had no problem spending the 30-something bucks on pizza and wings and fingers or something for one night, you know, kind of a kind of a big special night, right? And you go in, the person's very nice and you know they've been working really hard. And when they print up the receipt, there's a line for a tip and I don't mind tipping. I don't mind tipping at the pizza shop, picking up my own food because I know that they just worked really hard and I tip. That's fine. But now as that wage goes up to $15 an hour and the pizza wings are 50, you ain't getting no tip, man. I'm sorry. See, so that right there takes away the reason for tip. In in that particular situation. Now, if I'm at a restaurant and I'm being served and waited on and someone's coming out and they're providing service, I'm going to tip you. But all these other scenarios that we saw over the past five years where like... Um, they, they flip the screen around and then yeah. now it's like, okay, sign this. And, oh, don't forget to tip 20, 30, 45%. It's like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm done. And even if you are providing service at a table, it's a tip isn't a foregone conclusion, by the way, you're not required to tip. If it's bad service and you feel it's bad service, uh, you tip accordingly. I don't know. I'm old school. Am I wrong, Rick? You're not wrong, JC, but here's the thing. You just proved to me that just nothing against you, that the reason people tip out there is not for the reason tipping exists, right? Because you tip. So if you go to a pizza place and you pick up a pie, right, should you pay a 20% tip? Yeah, they work hard, but the people in the back who work hard to put that together, they have a regular wage, right? right? Right. So now- do I tip? Maybe I give them like, you know, 5%, 8% just to be nice, but I'm not going to give you 20% because you put a pie together. Now, if I'm picking up a lunch order for my team and that, now they have to put the together. That's a no, different I'll ball of wax. Yeah, exactly. man. I'm going to them up. But then when you go to Dunkin' Donuts, when you go to Starbucks, right, and then you go through the drive-thru, there's some big things there. Tipping, please. I'm like, no. <laughs> what? What is this thing that now you have to tip everybody and the tip is expected? So the tip should be yeah. the consumer should receive a tip when you use your credit card. Yes. Because <laughs> because they don't have to count the money anymore. So they're swiping the card. So they should tip you as a thank you for not having to handle the money <laughs> under covid conditions. That would be nice. Twenty five percent off my bill, please. And then from there, I'll tip 15 percent. Thank you. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had such horrible service at a sit-down restaurant when you're waiting on, you're supposed to be waiting on hand, hand and foot, and they completely just ruined your experience? And if that happened, did you actually leave a tip? Uh, yeah, it has happened. No, I haven't left a tip. Yes, it's wound up in, in articles and news stories as well, and it's been published as uh, as official air quote review and critique of the experience that day. So you wrote it. I can't tell you a lot on this one. (laughs) Okay. Don't put me in a hard place here. But the long story short is it was put together by someone, not of my name and it it was directly from my experience. And it may have had numerous quotes within the piece based off of what exactly transpired. And I have no problem doing that. Yet at the same time, I have a family member, a dear family member, 
a cousin who's like a brother. He's a cousin brother, but he's not a brother. He's a cousin, but he's kind of like a brother. Work with me, folks. A little bit of humor, you know. Uh, uh-huh. Real quick, do you know why Saturdays and Sundays are stronger than the other days? No, I don't. Because the other days are weekdays. So my cousin oh. brother, he was in the... Uh, <laughs> cousin brother, it sounds terrible. He's been in the service industry for years, and he's an amazing chef, really is. Amazing chef and amazing mechanic. All right? Mm. He's someone right there that no matter what, I'd probably wind up tipping regardless because he's a good human at the same time. Okay. Doesn't expect it. But he grew to the status within his area at one point in time where he'd be walking down the street and they're like, hey, so-and-so, I know you from over here. He's like, hey. And he was almost like borderline signing autographs. They were stoked with that, you know, because he made good food and he treated people well. It's not like he expected it, though, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. Long way well, around the tree there. No, it is. And and I don't want people out there to think it that is. we're... Don't say it like that. It was. I, I told a very long story. It was very oh, elaborate. This whole oh, conversation. Whole I, I thought you meant my story. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it was a long way around the tree. You're like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, no, no. No, I just don't want people... <laughs> That we just don't want to tip, and 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 that's not the I'll case. I'll tip. I, I will tip up to like 50 percent if it's good enough. I will give. I will go above and beyond. I'm that guy who's actually gone in and and laid down extra money at the end. Where like, oh, the bill is only seventy five. Let's tip a grand. You know, we've done stupid stuff like that, me and my friends before. Why? Because you just want to sometimes, and that's sometimes. fine. That's fine. Do it. Do it if it were if it warrants it. Well, how I do it is I go in with you're go- automatically going to get a twenty percent tip, whether it goes up or it goes down. Automatically, entirely- oh, yeah. okay, okay, whether I got it goes you. Up or goes down, it's entirely up to you, right? Because sometimes it's one time I tipped about sixty percent because she was absolutely phenomenal. Not just about bringing the food, just the service overall, how she made the table feel. How, how then, long have how long you two been married? We have not. Be oh. quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, but then there are other situations that the food doesn't come out in time. The food comes out cold. Your drinks are unfilled, but it's not the waiter's fault. That's different. And you know the difference. You know the difference. People need to know that difference. Because remember, I come from the restaurant industry as well. I used to work there both in the restaurant and behind the scenes in human resources. And I do know that lack of staffing, and this is what people need to think about right now, just because your your service was ruined, but if your waiter is busting their ass trying to make things happen, that's not their fault. You take care of that waiter. Yeah. But then you complain, to, you complain to 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 the manager about everything else that's happening. Bingo. Because what happens in the kitchen is not the waiter's fault. But if the waiter's an a hole, here you go. Completely disregards what you say. Blah blah blah. I'm perfectly okay in leaving absolutely nothing. And they can get mad all the time, all they want, but. You're working for this tip. This is not a charity. This is a for-profit organization, and you're working. Here you go. Yeah, I'm off that topic because that, that is a big one with me, bro. I, I just don't like the the unreasonable expectations of everything being tipped. I mean, otherwise, just get rid of hourly wages. Just work on whatever people feel the value of your work is. Do me a favor and pull up that clip that we have, the uh, news article, rather, from Maria Carter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this one's from ABC13.com. Could Pfizer's full FDA approval impact your personal 
employee policies. Give it a roll, Rick. It's been 14 months since the pandemic hit our community. You have any allergies from anything? No. And now not only are there multiple vaccines, but one of them, Pfizer, is seeking to get full approval, with Moderna expected to follow soon. Right now, the three vaccines available were approved under emergency use authorization, which requires less data. So a full approval means... These include a longer duration of follow-up, a larger body of data on the safety and on the efficacy of the vaccine from the clinical trial. That data will become public, so experts are hoping that getting full approval will help relieve some of the vaccine hesitancy. It will provide reassurance for some people uh, if, if what's preventing them from getting the vaccine uh, is uh, the acquisition of more data because uh, these data will be shared. Once approved, Dr. Hannah El Sali says your employer could require it. Employers uh, would can require a vaccine that is licensed and recommended to be uh, a requirement from their employees. But that may not be the case for the authorized vaccines. Meanwhile, Pfizer is expected to get authorization for adolescents from 12 to 15 years old any day now. So if we can get that age group immunized, I think we can continue to make you know a big dent in the number of positive cases that we're seeing. Um, that's another portion of the population that if we can get them immunized, we should start to see even faster decreases in the rates of hospitalization. To see this kind of progress in such a short amount of time, doctors find that pretty incredible. The uh, investment and uh, reliance on um, clinical, basic and clinical research has paid off. Marla Carter, ABC 13 Eyewitness News. All right, a couple things I want to hit there right away with you. Um, Vaccines for kids, I say piss on it. And then number two, uh, the employer requiring you to get vaccinated. Um, Ricky, what do you think, man? I've got my opinion. So um, this past month, I've had nothing but questions like that. <laughs> All clients asking me, can I do this? Or, hey, I got a friend that owns a business, and here's what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, look, um, here's the thing. Right now, that is untested and it's uncharted waters, and nobody has challenged it legally. And I tell all my clients this, do not be the first one. I personally think it's a bad idea, especially where you guys work, because they work in a non-safety sensitive environment, right? If they were a hospital, I may have a completely different take on it. They're they're an accounting agency. (laughs) Everyone's working remotely for a year. We need to mandate they have vaccines and I need cameras in their homes. (laughs) Oh, God, you don't know how to that you are no it's uh, it's a real thing i know it, it, is it is not cool but whatever it's not right and so what i tell my clients is look it's right now um there's 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 no legal precedence on this so i don't want you to be the one where this is tested on and then two years later there's a law name after you if i were you i'll i'll hold back and see what else happens because some businesses are leading that and they're being challenged left and right. And it's as of right now, nobody knows what's going to happen with it. So I'll say no. You uh, you laid something out there with your truth in a way that I never realized you felt before. And I commend you. At the start of that sentence, you said there's no legal precedence. That's interesting. Yeah. I, It's okay. I don't. We don't need to talk presidential politics. It's fine. Oh you hold your thing. Look, um, in, Dece- in December... A, a summit hosted by the Yale School of Management, a survey of 150 CEOs 
of leading businesses across the entire United States uh, found that 78% said vaccines should be required at work. By March, a similar poll by Wills Towers Watson found that only 23% of employers were planning or considering a vaccine requirement for employees to return to the workplace with just 10% considering making shots a condition of employment. And I I personally think that they, they're asking for trouble. I told each and every one of my clients how I feel about it, but I did tell them, please consult with an employment and labor law attorney. Uh, it, it's, but from my perspective, I personally think it's a bad idea. Because then here's you're, what's going to happen. You're in the process of transitioning. It, it, it's not fully complete. But please, as a condition of employment, prove to us that you are fully transitioned before we hire you. Prove to us that you've had XYZ vaccine. Do you remember back in the day they talked about like there was, there was a great fear? Let's let's go back to like like crazy times, okay? And and some of this stuff you may have to like look up in books because the internet doesn't always tell you the truth. <laughs> the internet <laughs> is the truth, right? Right. Like, but yeah. back in the day there was that whole uh lupine syndrome, the 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 fear of werewolves, right? And at one point in time they wanted to create a vaccine to make sure you don't turn into a werewolf. How Very ridiculous cool. is that hundreds of years later, right? Well, it's happening now. <laughs> People want this vaccine to happen, right? You're not going to turn into a werewolf, but the same fear is there. But JC, here's what's going to happen. Let's fast forward real quick. Let's make believe there's one company, let's say a call center, that says, you know what? We are going to require vaccines as a condition of employment. And let's say they do that. All it takes is one person, one person to say, because of my medical condition or because of my religious beliefs, two things that are covered under the law, I cannot have this. Now the company has to enter into a dynamic dialogue for some kind of a reasonable uh, accommodation. Here's what the company cannot do. The company cannot say, we're not going to give you a job because you're not willing to get this vaccine because the company, you know, in order for the company to say no, the company has to prove that they are, um, uh, it will create a financial hardship for the organization. And it's not going to create a financial hardship for the organization. So now they have to come in. Now the question is, where do you put them? Because you're not going to put that person by everybody that's vaccinated, unless you really do believe they work. It's going to create a big issue, man. And then if you put them somewhere separate, now you're discriminating against them because of a medical condition. It so is- you, what you're saying is hire them. Put them in a corner office and promote them to the top of the organization. That way you promote the problem. Now, here's here's <laughs> what in the world. It, I mean, that's, that's kind of where you were going, right? Like, don't. No, I don't. Okay. All right. I'm not going to promote the problem. Where's the rim shot? There you go. No, look, here, here's what organizations should do. If you're that worried, stay, keep them working from home. Done. Done. Telecommute. Don't have anything that uh, that uh, everybody has to come in. Just maybe once a month, come into one of those rental office spaces. But the, it, whatever concerns you have about spreading any kind of an illness, just keep them working from home. And if you have to meet in person, the people who were vaccinated haven't come in, and the people who don't feel comfortable, they can still zoom in via Zoom. Really you just impressive. you just proposed shutting down all major cities in the United States, basically. Pretty much. Not really. We know this whole pandemic. And I'm going to tell you something. What's wrong with that? It's we, we prove that it works. It we works. Prove, 
works. We did. Except, except the doctor. You got to be in there. And now, <laughs> and now let's think about, let's think about what, the, what we're seeing in the media. Let's think about the second and third order effects of things that are taking place right now. The housing crisis, the bubble, the very bigness that's taking place there, the numbers through the roof. People can't find homes. You have you actually have people in, in San Francisco that are selling their homes saying that they come with season tickets to the 49ers, which are extremely no. hard to come by. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing everything they can. And, and they're driving that price like as sky high as possible. We're putting in an offer saying that they got seasons or something like that, Trash. Um, anyways, long story short, look, there's, there's no... Uh, there's there's no reasonable accommodation for living in many areas for people. The rent is too darn high. There's X, Y, Z. So if you go back to your, your model that you're talking about from the Facebookings, say. <laughs> and if we talk about uh, businesses closing out, you know, and and going more v- virtual, do, do you take all these office spaces in these cities that are as empty as ghost towns and turn them into residences, you know, and then have more of a virtual work environment. Ooh. Take the high rise, gut the cubicles, turn them into apartments and condos. Condos rather than apartments have people buy in. You know, now we've got new housing for everybody. And then businesses still have their shared spaces that they could schedule and rent out or whatever. But now the $2.7 billion building that they're <laughs> having to pay taxes on, they don't have to anymore. It's residential. It's It's been flipped. So are you saying you want organizations to have all of their employees live in one confined no, space? No, I'm not a fan of that. Me, okay. me, I'm, I'm more a fan of, of freedom. Go wherever you want, do whatever you want. If technology lets you work, Elon's yep. working on that too. So I could go to a mountaintop and work from anywhere. I don't care. Starlink, baby, <laughs> you know? But like <laughs> when you think about commercial real estate, at some point in time, something's going to have to happen. How long... How long could a building sit empty and the millions of dollars being wasted there? Well, that's, you're right. You're right. It, it's something is going to happen. At some point, that seller is going to be desperate enough to sell that at a reasonable price that somebody is going to buy it, and they're going to flip it for something different. You multiply that, that times the millions of, of situations just like that across the country, then you're going to see a humongous boom. It's cyclical, bro. It's going to be humongous boom, and then next thing you know, we're going to be living the great life again. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that small piece of land from Melinda after the divorce. That's all. (laughs) I just want a truck, a dog, and Starlink from Elon Musk. That's really all I want, man. What do you want? What do you want? Honestly? Honestly? Yeah. I just want to open up a barbecue shack by the beach somewhere in the Caribbean. No Wi-Fi, no nothing. Sell barbecue, French fries, and beer. Open up at 11 a.m. and close an hour after sunset. But you Done. would call it like a pizza thing or something, but it wouldn't sell pizza, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll call it Ricky's Chicken Wings, and I won't have any chicken wings. <laughs> you know what? I'll call it Bob's Chicken Wings. I don't know, Bob. I don't sell chicken wings, but you're here. Here's some French fries. Here's some barbecue. Here's some beer. <laughs> Let's let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. With Ricky Baez. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Baez. We're at that time in the program. Ricky, what words of wisdom do you have for America and the world? 
if you follow your passion, you'll be stuck in a job that you'll love and you'll be rich forever. If you follow the money, you'll be stuck in a job with a lot of money but a miserable heart. If you grow up doing what you're good at, you will be miserable. Thank you, Ricky Baez. Appreciate you. I think I misinterpret your quotes every week. I think that's kind of a thing that it, that kind of happens on a on a regular basis here. I'm not sure. Current events this week is brought to you in part by Biosco Learning, your place to learn stuff and do things. The U.S. Appeals Court upholds California programs for workers whose employers don't provide retirement benefits. This news story has come to us from all over the West Coast. A federal appeals court on Thursday upheld a California program that provides retirement savings accounts to workers whose employers don't offer them. A three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decided unanimously that the program Cal Savers did not interfere with federal law. Mm. The state established Cal Savers in 2017 to encourage savings for future retirees. Private workers whose employers do not provide pensions or 401k programs were automatically enrolled in Cal Savers unless workers opted out. Their employers are required to remit money from payroll deductions to CalSavers to be deposited in IRAs set up on the employer's behalf. The Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association sued to invalidate the program, calling it a massive government boondoggle (laughs) and arguing that it was superseded by federal law, uh, federal retirement law at that time, according to the L.A. Times. So, ultimately here, <laughs> this one's, this is a mess, actually. Um, quote, this is Big Brother government coming down and saying, you shall do this. I think most people are focused on their retirement funds. There are some who are irresponsible. We believe in a society that does impute some degree of personal responsibility on individuals to look out for their own interests. End quote. President John Kupel of Cal, um, of the uh, association, the Taxpayers Association that I was referencing there. The Cal Savers program, originally called California Secure Choice, was approved by the state legislature in 2016 and offers the, a state-run retirement account to the estimated 6.8 million California workers who are not offered a pension or 401k. It's not to the taxpayer's benefit to have a bunch of employees suddenly without their retirement benefits that they have been promised because that leaves many, many taxpayers at risk. Now, unlike Cal PERS, Cal STARS, which is also backed by the state and guaranteed retirement payment beneficiaries, Cal Savers accounts would not be guaranteed by the state. There's a whole lot of shifty cups going on. I don't know about you, but like this entire story to me, outside looking in, um, the court's doing what they're doing, but at the same time, if, if you've ever been to Vegas and you've seen the guy playing the shell game and he's got three separate shells and stuff moves underneath them all, it kind of sounds like what California's been doing with worker retirements for a little bit of time here. That's all, you know. Um, um, JC, I'm just really happy. Oh, my gosh. 
worry with the word boondoggle is being used. Boondoggle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So ultimately, that's California awesome. created the savings program for workers without retirement benefits. And there's a taxpayers association trying to sue to stop it. I don't know. And no offense to the people who live in California, who love California. It's just it's it sounds like it keeps getting worse and worse and worse there for a business. Yeah. And but, an employee. <laughs> but the Ninth Circuit Court is upholding this man. So they're they're suing yeah. to try to fix it. And the U.S. Appeals Court upholds the California program for workers whose employers don't provide the retirement benefit. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, yeah, me neither, man. And, and maybe and I just, misinterpreted something along the way. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, you're not. You're you're going down the right path. In and again, this is now we have the law stepping in and dictating benefits whether people receive it or not. Now, remember, the law only steps in if you as an organization decide to provide benefits, but not to make you provide those benefits. And here's what I mean. If you provide benefits, then and those benefits are tax-free, or, or I'm sorry, are pre-tax and how you pay for them, then yeah, the law has to come in, the IRS has to come in and make sure you're doing things right. Outside of that, just leave it alone. Let organizations do what they want to do. And if people don't like – if look, if you as, a, as somebody who's looking for a job and you don't like what this company is offering, don't work there. I mean, it's that simple. Go work Don't Please. take the job. Don't take the job. And if you're worried, because I know people are yelling at me right now, if you're worried that you don't have the skill set to go somewhere else, then get the skill set. I mean, you got to do the work. You have to do the or, work. Or option three. Don't work and just keep getting paid. That's a horrible thing. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories on uh, HR Talk here. Your first one's coming to us from NBC2.com. Deputies, Florida Man was impersonating an officer and handcuffed a neighbor over some very loud music. Out of St. Petersburg, Florida, a man is accused of impersonating a police officer, handcuffing his neighbor and having his way with them, according to the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. John Schweitzer, 67, reportedly pretended to arrest his neighbor over a dispute about loud music on Monday, according to the PCSO. Deputies say Schweitzer was armed with a gun, displayed a badge and claimed to be an officer himself. The neighbor who was handcuffed told WFLA that she was held hostage for 15 minutes and is now badly bruised. When I said had his way, he just wanted to hit people. When deputies arrived on the scene, Schweitzer quickly admitted he was not an officer, but rather a former officer, according to the report. Kind of like that guy in in, uh, Better Call Saul, and he looks like him too. Deputies arrested him and took him to jail. Schweitzer is facing charges for impersonating an officer and false imprisonment. He was bonded out of jail on Wednesday morning and is now on the loose. Schweitzer, coming to a neighborhood near you. Uh, Ricky, back to you. I honestly, no jokes here. I would love to, to, to just meet with him and just have a conversation with him and just ask him, is it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it worth doing what you did, getting arrested? Don't you wish you can go back in time to one minute before you decided to do something that stupid? They didn't <laughs> say what time of day this was, though. So, like, watch it be loud music at, like, 1 p.m. while they're washing their truck. 
right? Well, <laughs> even then, if you got if you got concert level speakers, yeah, that would piss me off too, man. But I'm not gonna claim to be a police officer, right? I'll just call the real ones. <laughs> you know what? No, but honestly, as a good neighbor, here's what I would do: I will go over because I don't want to get the law involved, right? If if I don't have to, I will go over. I'm like, look, I love the music, awesome. Can you please put it down? This is it's 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 1 p.m. I don't think the whole neighborhood or the whole zip code, for that matter, needs to hear this concert. Can you please put it down? And then that's what I will do. Now, if he says F off, yeah, all right, I'll call the cops. and Be wary of cops here. It's time for Florida Man Stories. The stories continue, but the clip didn't get queued up in the right spot to play that back again. So you got the whole forward part right there. Look, Florida Man convicted in plot to attack to attack uh, Republican protesters. A Florida man was convicted Thursday of trying to organize an armed response to supporters of the former president of the United States for an expected gathering at the state capitol in January ahead of uh, Joe Biden's presidential inauguration. Daniel Allen Baker, 33 years old of Tallahassee, was convicted on two counts of transmitting a communication in interstate commerce containing a threat to kidnap or injure other people. Baker used social media to recruit people in a plot to create a circle around protesters, trap them in the Capitol, according to the FBI. Court documents describe what it said were a series of threats of violence made by Baker, along with a prediction of civil war. Baker was described as anti-Trump, anti-government, anti-white, anti-police, anti-anything. He's anti-himself. The free exercise of speech is central to our democracy, acting attorney Cootie said in a news release. However, the defendant's threats of armed violence to inhibit expression of political views different than his own are both unlawful and dangerous. There were nationwide alerts about potential protests at the state capitals the weekend before Biden was sworn in, prompted in large by part by the January 6th uh, situation in Washington. Now in Florida. Law enforcement agents were in position on the roof of the Senate House office buildings, ready to strike with 50 caliber weapons pointing at the foreheads of... No, (laughs) I'm going too far. I'm extrapolating. Look, Baker was kicked out of the Army in 2007 after going AWOL or UA, which is more appropriate, uh, before being deployed to Iraq, according to authorities. An FBI affidavit said Baker was then homeless and largely unemployed for the following nine years. Most of the time in Tallahassee, should he have desired and came north a little bit, he could have made a prevailing wage of $15 an hour where people pay $50 for pizza and wings, and he could have bought a mansion on the lake. If you're afraid to die fighting the enemy, then stay in bed and live. Call of your friends and rise up, Baker wrote on a Facebook event page he created, according to the affidavit. Baker is scheduled to be sentenced in August. He faces five years in prison, a $250,000 fine. In three years of supervised release on both counts, he will be eating better and living better than he was on the streets. Ricky Baez, back to you. Is he by chance from Pinellas County, and does he have a neighbor with loud music? (laughs) (laughs) That's not him. (laughs) That's not him. So, look, uh, hopefully he doesn't have a job, and, uh, and and here's where I say that, because hopefully, well, actually, if he did, and the employer recognized that, and they somebody was to put his face to the name of the organization, at least in the state of Florida, the employer has every right to let him go for bringing such negative attention to the organization. Regardless of where you lean politically, you shouldn't do shit like that. I mean, absolutely not. 
to to you know what everybody knows yeah don't do that folks or not you lose friends you lose a job or whatever the case may be it's that time of the program for final thoughts going around the room starting with you ricky bias i'm going to use my final thoughts for two messages um today is mother's day and i would like to wish all the mothers out there uh pulling double duty and all the fathers out there as well pulling double duty um thank you for what you do trust me although your kids right now may not appreciate it if you're someone like me you'll appreciate it later on in life right so thank you for all the mothers out there. and one more today uh is may 9th yesterday was may 8th yesterday was the commencement ceremony to for rollins college i know a lot of uh colleges across the nation They've had graduation yesterday, but let me tell you, as a faculty member of the Rollins College uh, uh, School of Human Resources here in uh, in uh, Winter Park, I was there yesterday, and I could not be more proud of the Masters of Human Resources cohort for 2020. They graduated last year, but they, they didn't get to walk. They walked yesterday in 2021. Um, I've been with them through the entire time. They busted their ass for that degree. I'm proud of you, and I can't wait to see you out there in the workforce. And remember, although you're not in school anymore, you always have me as a resource for the rest of your career. Congratulations, folks. A big special congratulations to Ricky's graduating class. You will forever be in his heart, and he will forever be in your mind. Never let go of the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Baez. Stop by Baez Co. Learning or Baez Co. or whatever the hell the website is to learn more about Ricky and the things that Ricky does with stuff. Ricky Baez, an amazing American who's also a professor and a co-host of HR Talk. Rollins College students, you're great because you did stuff with things. You learned a lot. And, and I'm proud of you, too. These words are my own and not Ricky's, FYI. But I am proud of you all. I've met some of you. I had the chance to come down there and and talk to one of those classes. And I think some of you actually graduated. To that, I wish you all the best out there in the world. Take this little shred of humor and let it carry with you for a moment. Because in all seriousness, you are awesome. You're going to do great things. You were trained the right way. And America thanks you. Why do I feel like the students need to come out of a tunnel with a lot of pomp and circumstance going through a big paper mache sign? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. If I could produce the actual, like, graduation event, like, this is something I've always wanted to do. Like, I'm picturing pyro. I'm picturing, like, the, the cryo, like, cannons, you know, the, the CO2 cannons. Like, I'm, I'm, I, it would be amazing. It, it would be fantastical. It would look as good is a halftime show for the Super Bowl, Rick. And the degrees are brought in by four Blackhawk Black Hawk helicopters. <laughs> Here you go. Navy SEALs handing them out to everybody. Here you go. Congratulations. Congratulations for freedom. And then they take off. Dude, Boom. huge, huge B-52 bomber flying over top the stadium. And granted, there's only like 5,000 people, but it's fine. We'll use an 80,000-seat stadium. And, and they fly over, and then they drop a bomb, and when it explodes, it's not a bomb, it's just confetti. It's a confetti bomb. 
It's just confetti everywhere. It'd be amazing. And and then for, you know, they when they get to, because they break it down by, like, what your degree was and then alphabetical order. And then when they get to, like, human resources, right? Johnny C. Taylor repels out of a helicopter alongside <laughs> Jennifer McClure and, and Amy Dufresne. And then you've got them on stage and they're just like, yeah, wow. HR. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Er- Aerosmith does all the all, all the songs there, dude. It'll be great. It'll be, it'll be great. amazing. My so be awesome. So these are my final thoughts. Um, Ricky Baez, what are the best ways people can find us, please? We can be found anywhere on social media. HR Talk Podcast. Look for the screaming face. And also, if you love this podcast, please let us know whether you love it, you hate it. Go ahead and give us a like. Download us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you are looking for training and development, ebias at biasco.com. You want to be a guest, ebias at biasco.com. Come see us. We are everywhere. That's right. It was biasco.com. I can never remember that, so I appreciate you reminding <laughs> me. You're welcome. On behalf of Ricky Bias and the Biasco Learning uh, Internet thing and uh, whatever that freaking website is, I'm JC. It's been my pleasure to be here. I want to thank you all for hanging in there with us and a very special happy Mother's Day to to all the mothers out there. You do good motherly things and and stay motherly. Congratulations. And if you're not a mother, that's okay. We love you too, Stone. It's good. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, jokes aside, drive safe. Have a good night. Word to the mother.